0: see the uh, wonderful or you did for a second there the wonderful shore of lake michigan in our beautiful city of chicago welcome to the mike novak show with peggy malecki as you can see in the lower left of your screen that is alderman scott wagsback from the 32nd ward of chicago on the right side we have alderman michelle smith from the 43rd ward you guys are the best i i have to tell you you're just the best you uh, are so we're so gracious um And I hope it's because I I really don't even care that much about me. I hope it's because you think this is a really important issue and people need to know about it. Um, So welcome back to the show. Actually, you never got on Sunday. We saw you (laughs) beforehand. Uh, We thought about them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. well, what we are talking about is a report that came out last week from the office office. Uh, Chicago Office of Inspector General, sometimes known as OIG. And a lot of folks listening probably have no sense of what an OIG does at all. But they do know about recycling in Chicago. If, if you've lived in Chicago for any length of time, uh, especially if you've moved here, from, from other mm-hmm. big cities, often you're scratching your head and saying, what's, what's wrong with the recycling system? Why, why doesn't this work? Um, and and why I Why does
1: it always say the
0: same thing? Yeah. And, and. <laughs> it and, doesn't and, change. And why do people keep doing reports about how bad it is and it never changes? Well, guess what? We had another report last week from the OIG um, about specifically high rises and how the recycling system is not working. And this is following on the heels in 2017 of a new ordinance that, uh, I assume both of of you were part of, uh, Alderman Smith and Alderman, uh, And by the way, some in the 21st century, some people call Alder. They, you know, I don't even know what to use, but I'll probably just go with Alderman today. Uh, it just seems the easiest thing. Um, Scott, I've known you the longest, so let's start with you. You sent me an email the other day. I got two emails on that morning, December 2nd. One was from the office of OIG, or rather the uh, uh, Chicago OIG, the Office of Inspector General, and one was from you, and they were within minutes of each other. Um, And you and I went back and forth a little bit, and I have rarely seen you so angry I know it was just an email. I couldn't hear you, but I could see it in what you were writing. (laughs) You were really frustrated. Tell me why you were frustrated with this report.
2: Well, I think um, the the bottom line is that, you know, uh, the history of the residential commercial recycling ordinance goes back to the early nineties under mayor Daly. And year after year, we've always been told, Hey, we're improving, we're doing things better. Um, You know, but, in in essence, we never really saw the Chicago recycling percentage or waste diverted uh, go above 10%. So that frustration was building up. And then um, Alderman Smith uh, had a hearing about this uh, OIG report or this audit of the commercial and and high-rise recycling. And when I read it um, and when we had the briefing, thanks to her, um, you know, we really were... Kind of stunned about what was in the report, and it was really for me a lot of simple things that could have and should have changed for the city leadership in terms of uh, recycling and streets and sanitation, and that's where my frustration was growing out of that. Um, you know, looking at it all these years, we we just haven't had the the effort made, um, and there were things in this that Michelle and I can touch on that we looked at and we were kind of, you know, hitting our heads going, why wouldn't you even take these simple steps? So that, that was uh, where the frustration was born out of.
0: And uh, I, I can understand that frustration, as you know. Uh, and I wrote about this on my blog. I was president of the Chicago Recycling Coalition for six years. Um, and, and, and during that time, very little changed um, in terms of recycling. That was about the time we were rolling out blue card and I was reading the history of some of this. The OIG actually writes some of the history uh to to give background to this in their report. And you can go to my website, MikeNovak.net, and and just click on the link and you can read through Mm it. Um and What's amazing is that we started out with Blue Bag in the 90s, which was a disaster, but it took the, the city 13 years to figure that out, that it was a disaster. Everybody knew it was. The Chicago Recycling Coalition knew it was, and a lot of people did. So then the uh, Blue cart started rolling out following a pilot program in 2007. But then that took another six years to roll out because the economy crashed. And that
1: was for residential.
0: And that was just for residential, right? Mm -hmm. And that still left us with a two-tier system. I mean, and that's... That's part of our issue, uh, isn't it, uh, Alderman Smith? That we have two systems: one is the residential, and one is the uh, commercial and high-rise uh, residential. And so we're we're dealing with two aspects. And one of the things that I noted from the OIG report is that the Department of Streets and Sanitation. And this is the first time I said those words because they're all. This is about them, the department, the DSS. Um, the SS, they said, yeah. "Well, we're focusing on residential,
1: so we really haven't focused on the high rise." Uh, I mean, the, the frustration about this is that I don't, I don't know that people realize that seventy-five percent of the waste in the city is generated from downtown high rises and large-scale buildings. So, with all what, the what percentage episode, was it? Seventy-five percent. Wow. Uh, and, and so for all the effort in which we engage at home at carefully putting what we think are the right thing in the blue bin and, the, you know, in the rest in the black bin, the vast majority of waste, when you think about it, are from huge buildings downtown and large residential high rises. So that's because, you know, think of all the office buildings and all the paper they generate. So this is not hard to do. I mean, I started recycling in my college campus in 1974. <laughs> and the rest of the country, and really that's when there wasn't recycling. And somehow Chicago can't seem to get it right. So that's one reason why this whole ordinance is so frustrating because in 2017 we thought we were being heroes, you know. We thought we were doing the right thing. We were implementing something people would have to sign off of it and occasionally we heard from buildings that said oh we're not doing recycling but we really didn't know that the program itself was essentially um, a failure that it was at zero that there was no way to know whether people were doing it that essentially frankly if a building does have a robust recycling program they are sort of doing it as a volunteer even though they're required by law if you know what i mean because there's no way of monitoring it, mm-hmm. and and there's the uh, ward superintendents um, don't even know what law to cite if they want to write a violation. I mean, there's the basics of implementing <laughs> this ordinance were never put into place, and I think that's what got Scott so mad. And and frankly, everyone at City Council is really ticked off about it, and we're going to have a hearing about it.
0: Uh, uh I know, but, uh, Scott mentioned, uh, a meeting you had with OIG. When was that?
1: So, uh, when was it? The second is that we had briefings. So it was what, right. What,
0: right. As the report was coming
1: out. Right then. As the report. Yes. The day the report came out, we, it's part of our process that, that the OIG will have informal briefings to aldermen who are interested in a particular issue before it hits the press. You know, it's to accommodate people. And as we sat in these briefings, people were losing their minds about it going what where have we been where has, where has streets and sand been and then streets and sand says yeah well we really haven't prioritized this and you know we don't have the people um uh and 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 they do and it's not that hard
0: so oh okay Scott, I'm, you- I'm so glad you said that it's not that hard What I got out of this, and by the way, they they even have some bullet points. OIG even did bullet points. Mm -hmm. They say uh, almost 500,000 Chicago households, that's more than 40%, are in buildings with five or more units, which we call high-rises to some extent. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Approximately 60,000 businesses are required to provide private hauling services for refuse and recyclables. Um, Department of Streets and Sanitation does not maintain – a list of buildings required to procure private hauling services for recycling. DSS does not thoroughly enforce the Chicago Recycling Ordinance. Um, it's, it's maddening because what OIG wrote about was simply best practices. This, mm-hmm. there's, it's not complicated. This ain't rocket. And, and, yeah, and then is the
1: other one that, that you didn't mention. There's no way to ticket them.
0: Well, Scott mentioned that earlier. Forget. What is it, Scott, yeah. what's that all about that you they can't even write a ticket
2: uh, to. Well, it, yeah. What Peggy mentioned is that when, when our ward soups go out, they have a handheld device and they walk up to mm-hmm. a dumpster and it's, it pings to that location. It's GPS. Um, so they could get an accurate location. And they're also supposed to have a sticker on all these cans, uh, the big, you know, for instance, the big blue ones or a green one. Um but what we found out, and I know our word soups were telling us this, too, that they would try to go out and uh, get somebody ticketed and uh, send the ticket through. And, and there was a total collapse of, of uh, leadership, I think, in the legal section of Streets and Sand, too, where there was a long time where we, it would take us, if you recall a year for somebody to get a ticket um, processed. And at that point, mm-hmm. people would just go in and say, oh, I don't remember what happened to my garbage can a year ago. So the judge would <laughs> dismiss them. In this case, they didn't even have the code in there from the mandatory code that we passed three years ago. The department didn't even put it into the handheld device, which basically says uh, section 11-5-210, uh, I think it's 210- um, and put that in there as a ticketing um, section where they would just mark it off. If, if I'm not uh, mistaken, Michelle, that, that's what um, was the specific issue there, that they didn't even have something that they could say, here's the ticket that I'm going to give you for not having this. But the other point was that they, they couldn't even get enforcement around it anyway.
0: But you were supposed to have cleaned this up in 2017. Uh, you, you you This was going to be – this was as Rahm Emanuel was – Getting ready. Well, we didn't know he was going to leave office at that time, but the idea was now we fixed it. We finally fixed Mm -hmm. the high-rise ordinance, which had been a law since the early 90s, had never been enforced. There had never really been uh, many uh, tickets issued. It wasn't a lot of money. We fixed it. 2017, it's done. Well, a year later, uh, the um, uh, Better Government Association writes the first of two articles. This is about the blue carts not the high-rises, but the blue carts, and says...
1: Madison Hopkins. Yeah,
0: Madison Hopkins, who's been on our show a couple of times to talk about this, uh, and says, yeah, that's got some problems here. There's some double-dipping, we think, going on with waste management because they not only control recycling but uh, landfills, and so it behooves them if they tag a cart and it goes to the landfill. They win either way. They get money either way. That's not a good system. And then, a year later, she looks at the high-rises... Uh, which you uh, had fixed, okay, I'm using air quotes here, in 2017, yeah. um, and says, yeah, they don't really, uh, th- there's no accountability, and the total number of fines has about, been about $750 uh, in the whole time that they've been doing that. You know, this is a city that's strapped for cash. Our 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 taxes are going up, our services are going down, and here we have this opportunity to take advantage of, Scuff laws, i would guess uh who are not getting their recycling done we could collect money from that and why has this not happened do you have michelle do you have any ideas
2: well, oh go ahead Scott. and just if i could throw on there too uh on top of that like you said we're sending it all to the uh dumps and that costs us money the tipping fees cost the city money to fill those up so you know, I, I hand I, it back yeah. to michelle that...
1: yeah well listen um during our budget hearings Some of this was known because of these BGA articles that I hadn't come out, but we kind of, we knew a little bit. And I remember hearing um, the guy who's actually in charge of recycling at the city, who's been there a long time, said, well, you know, uh, in past administrations, um, this wasn't really a priority, but I can, but it is nice that the current administration is actually interested in getting all of this done. So I thought that was a very telling comment. Um, And
0: and by the way, I know who you're talking about because I have sat down with him as well. And he, um, his name is Chris Sauve, right? Chris, right. Okay. Chris Sauve, who in my uh, estimation is a survivor this is a guy who was in the Daley administration. He was in the Emanuel administration. Now he's in the Lightfoot administration. Um, so he should know something about this, and, and he's a good guy. But it makes me wonder why he hasn't been able to get anything done through all of these administrations, which – and I don't want to uh, – and, and I don't mean to interrupt you uh, there, Alderman Smith – uh, but it makes me wonder, what's the role of DDSS in this? They almost seem to me, and I posted this, uh, I think I wrote this to Scott, it, they almost seem like a, a rogue organization that you can tell them this needs to get done, we'll pass a law, and it all gets ignored. I have sat, you know, uh, at the Chicago Recycling Coalition, sat opposite them in meetings, and I know they're, they're alive because they're breathing and they blink, but sometimes it feels like nothing's getting through and they're going to do whatever they want. So without throwing DSS under the bus, I don't know who to turn to to make things happen. Obviously the mayor's got to be part of this. Um, And I don't know where she stands. That's another thing. And I'm speaking way too much. I'll let you guys talk in a second. But (laughs) my feeling is a year and a half into the mission, I'm not uh, sure that she really cares about this particular issue and about the environment in general. So okay. Well,
1: that- I guess here's what I'll say. I, I yes, this is an important environmental issue, but it's actually about how governments run. That is, how do you care about doing the thing that you're charged with doing and doing it well? This issue could in a lot of ways could be applied to everything from business inspections to building inspections. You know, you give, you give government a mandate, and do they actually do it? And one thing that I will say that the Lightfoot administration is trying to do is trying to run the city better. Mm-hmm. This is the blocking and tackling that doesn't get you a whole lot of big headlines. But on the occasions where I had to talk to the mayor about things, her frustration is about this kind of thing, contract administration, you know, compliance trying to get and certainly Scott's been the expert on trying to get workers' compensation fixed after a hundred years of dysfunction. But um but I, I truly do not understand I saying having said that gives me a little hope, but I really don't understand an agency that just decides, gee whiz, we're too busy, we're just not gonna do this. And 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 I think that's either a lack of leadership or such a lack of resources that you just can't get stuff done. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. what Well,
2: I,
0: I wonder what that is myself. Scott, do you have any observations? I,
2: I give it a little bit of the former. And I think, uh, I think that's because when I look at the work that you've done at CRC, that you've done on the show, um and the activists that are out there with uh, IEC and that umbrella organization, um, field museum, shed aquarium, all these different environmental issues we've been talking about. we never got any headway in the last uh, administration. And you remember when we had the department environment, we were starting to see a little build up on some of these issues. Yes. and then Ron came in, killed it off. we we have, honestly, we haven't had the budget available to recreate that or restart it. However, um the mayor has tried a couple of environmental issues uh tackling those you know with general iron we've been going hard after them um we've been able to get meetings that we never got before um when we're looking at the clean air solutions that the mayor put on the table there were a bunch of aldermen who pushed back against that so i think she's cognizant of those concerns um and then when you look at this IG uh the IG is now coming to uh alderman Smith's committee and being able to uh, talk to us about these reports, whereas before, they were always quashed. Uh, The IG was never allowed to come before the city council in anything other than the budget session and talk to us. So I think what we're going to get here is an opportunity for the first time, in all the time I've been alderman through three administrations now, to really get the things done that we want. And that's why I I don't have a problem calling out DSS and saying it's a failure of leadership there. They had every opportunity to... Mm -hmm over the last three years to start working on this particular issue of the high rises. Um, You know, what what was amazing to me was that they said a couple things there that really stuck out to me that number one, no hauler was ever fined. They didn't even ask for the reports from the haulers. They got, they did, but they got nine out of the 15 or whatever that number was. The people who didn't provide the reports, they didn't make any effort whatsoever to find them to say, we want those reports. And we're going to take that report um, because we've got groups like CRC doing FOIA requests and demanding that information to propose a better way of operations. And they just blew them off and they continue to blow them off from my understanding. But the other thing there was what Mich- Michelle said, and I think Peggy might have said it too, is they prioritize the blue cards. Well, why wouldn't you prioritize the whole system? And to me, that's just a that's just a failure. And I'm it's, hoping that the mayor doesn't stand for it and says, "Look, this with the amount, the tens of millions that we pay for these waste haulers to take it to a dump and never divert that waste, um, this is it's a, a fiduciary issue and, and a, a lack of um, leadership in that department. When they were put on notice year after year, yeah, and
0: and my fear is, however. We've, we've been down this road before. You and I together, Scott, have been down this road before. The people at CRC uh, and, and other organizations have been down this road before. And what happens is that there's a little flurry of activity, and then everything dies down and things go back to where they are, which is our 8.8% blue cart rate. Uh, you know, if they've been focusing on blue cart, where are the results is what I want to know. Why Why is that rate so awful?
1: Well, yeah. you know, there, there really is no... It, unfortunately, and I think um, NPR, uh, National Public Radio Nationally, did a, a series of reports on the failure of plastic recycling uh, yeah. that would really be worth reviewing, where they basically said plastic recycling was never, beginning in the 70s, supposed to be about anything more than milk bottles, uh, than milk bottles, And but when it got beyond that, it became just a PR thing that it was easy to recycle plastic run by the plastics industry. And I think Mm -hmm. that the real why Chicago is behind other people, I think is a failure of leadership. But as I understand it, our landfill costs are still less than substantially less than in places like New York or California. Sure. And, And Washington. So therefore, The the raw economic incentive, like you've got to change because otherwise you're dumping all your waste into the Atlantic Ocean, that Mm -hmm. forces people's hands. And unfortunately, in government, sometimes it comes down to that. And so while while I completely support recycling, recycle everything I can, looking for more ways to recycle, government doesn't always move unless they have no other choice. And I think that the streets and sanitation department had no pushback internally because, you know, they could re for, for another 10 years, there'll be lands landfill space in Chicago. But uh, for doesn't po- and inexpensive landfill space.
0: But doesn't political yeah. will enter into us at some point, this is 30 years of, of failure and constantly being called out on that failure and nothing changes that's why i think you know peggy uh said something before the show started uh we were talking about this about why nothing changes and she's and i said you know why why didn't Lori lightfoot come in there and hit the ground running and she said well maybe she got in and found out well this is the way things really work. And I said, well, that's pretty cynical, you know, even for a big city like Chicago, but you start thinking about that waste haulers and the history of corruption in the waste hauling industry and mobs and everything else. And you go, are we still at that point? Does DSS not answer to anybody, but themselves are, are, are we there or am I, or am I just really being too cynical myself?
2: I think we're there. I think we've been there, like you said, for a while. Um, But I think this is a, it's been a good opportunity for us to utilize the report or the audit of the IG um, to really open this can of worms up and show them, you know, what an epic failure this is uh, on the leadership level. And it's gonna be up to the mayor to really decide if she is gonna hold somebody or somebody's responsible. And the job of streets and sanitation is not to just, uh, you know, sweep the streets and pick up the garbage. It is, tasked with doing all those recycling efforts as well um you know
0: unless we go back to the department of the environment and again it was yep. a promise that was made by the current mayor when she was running for office and i keep waiting yep. for that to happen because if it's too much for DSS, you know, wh- mm-hmm. one of the things, another thing I've said is maybe we need to break up DSS. Um And if they've, maybe they got too much on their plate. They can't handle all of it. So how about that department of the environment that can look into
1: these issues? I think, I you know, actually, in answer to your question about, is this just some old Chicago way? Like, maybe it is, but I used to be a prosecutor, so I don't think everything's a crime. <laughs> okay. Uh, but 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 i will say this i think it's much more the reality of coming into office and realizing every rock you overturn there's damn another it's rock underneath it. It. <laughs> there's something i'm more. finding that, sure. there, it's because there's so much that's wrong from just you know i call us sometimes leaping into the 20th century in in our government and i and i you know, when we first started as when I first started as an alderman, we still paid for things with a four-part carbon form. Who even knows what that is? And That's how <laughs> the city has been technologically. Peggy's raising
0: stra- stra- her hand right now. She <laughs> knows what a four-part carbon
1: form. I said Charlie we're using Michael, no. carbon form. Yeah. Yeah, he's too young. He's too young. And and <laughs> so I, I you know I I tend to view I tend to. Attribute things more to incompetence and well, lack of lack of being able to see things than ven- venality, you know. I mean, I, uh, we've,
0: we've
1: and got, uh, if this some of that it- he's been in this one guy's been in this job all this time. He's a nice guy, and right now he's saying, "Isn't it nice to have somebody who is making this a priority?" Well, where have you been? Why uh, weren't you? Well, that's why weren't you raising the banner and coming to people who were friendly to you? Well, I don't know, but now we have to
0: fix it. Indeed, we have to fix it. That's Alderman Michelle Smith from Chicago's 43rd ward. Also with us is Alderman Scott Wagaspak from the 32nd ward. We're talking about a new report from the Chicago Office of the Inspector General about Chicago's abysmal recycling system. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki and our conversation about why Chicago still can't recycle. Alderman Michelle Smith from Chicago's 43rd Ward and Alderman Scott Wagespach from the 32nd Ward are with us. One of the problems we encounter in evaluating recycling in Chicago is that we don't even know which high-rise buildings recycle and which don't. In, in other words, we don't have a baseline. And I'm going to blank on her name. Did the My Building Doesn't Recycle app three years ago, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, or four? It was three or four years ago. Um, and and people responded like crazy. Hundreds of people said, "Yeah, my, what happened to that?" Again, we had the little dust up, and then it all went away. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's sort of isn't that the basics when you when you're picking up garbage from a place, you say, "Oh, by the way, do you recycle?" It, it's like check it off on the form, um, and then not not uh, going to the uh, haulers themselves and saying, you need to tell us which buildings are not doing this, or they, you won't have a contract.
2: And that's easy to do. I mean, that was one of the solutions that we threw out there was, why don't you just go to the haulers and ask them for the list that they're supposed to keep anyway? And, and the commissioner has the authority to do that. And this commissioner and the last ones did not do that. And uh, another alderman brought up the point of, you know, because somebody said, well, how do we find all these buildings? All these um, buildings. I'm like, what? Why is that even a question? Why are you even asking that? It's so simple. And we have these lists. Uh, the life safety ordinance has a list of those um, high-rise buildings or mid-rise buildings. So it's not that we're incapable of doing it. Again, it just goes back to people just shrug their shoulders and said, eh, we're gonna." Everybody sees those blue carts and they look really cool, and and the alderman focus on those. So let's just you know stay on that. <laughs> yeah. Worry.
0: They're really cool except in my my alley people keep throwing junk in my blue cart and i i i i have taken sometimes i I just i haul it into the garage because i'm like you're not going to dump in my blue cart okay i'll just put it in the garage and not a lot of people don't have garages but i'm i'm terrified that i'm going to get one of those tickets because i have waste Mm. management they pick up my uh my uh, i'm in logan square and the, and they handle it here and if i get one of those tickets the top of my head is going to go straight into the stratosphere okay because i'm <laughs> i'm the recycling guy i don't want that to happen uh we just have a couple of minutes here but where we're at now um so <laughs> oig the the ig goes to uh to, to the streets of sand and streets and sand basically it's so funny to read this report cuz streets and sand yeah. is basically saying yeah we didn't do it right we'll we'll yeah. do it better next time yeah thanks for i'm so glad you pointed that out um except what they're saying is well The Delta Institute is doing a survey and a study, and that's going to come out next year. So you guys hang on for another year, and then we'll start to examine this. And now my head really is going into the stratosphere, because that's another year where we're going to have mismanagement and waste and pollution. um, And we could start to fix things now without the Delta Institute study, couldn't we?
2: Absolutely.
1: So I think... So the Delta uh, is, think, oh, go ahead, yeah, I would just say these are a couple. Here's some concrete steps that are going to be taken by us, which is also not actually instituting the fix. It's telling them to institute a fix. So um, the head of the Environment Committee, Alderman Cardenas and I are sending a letter in the next few days to the commissioner. Basically laying out a lot of things we've talked about today, about the list, about changing the internal system, about asking the um, companies to give their lists of who they work with. And then I hope by next Monday's meeting, uh, excuse me, by next Monday's deadline, we'll have a resolution ready to have Scott join and anyone who wants to join, requiring them to come in January to a hearing Mm -hmm. with their plan to fix this, or hopefully that they have fixed some of it right away. Because I agree with you. There's no reason to wait on this lovely study from the Delta Institute for these items because I don't see any universe in which we uh, handle waste without recycling. I just – I don't see a universe, so we ought to get going. Well,
0: you've been out. working on it since 1974, so uh, I, <laughs> I can understand that that point of view. Um, and And Scott, what would you do? What would be the first step you would take?
2: Well, you know, the other thing that we're looking at is the uh, the governor's got this waste diversion task force as well. Um, they're looking at for the whole state, and I think they're looking at the uh, all the dumps as well. But um, really with um, trying to work with outside groups, like, you know, I'm in contact with CRC. Uh, they're having issues trying to get information, and I, I think we need to not just look at this as it's the – condo and or the high-rise issue that this is that broader issue of recycling failures um, in Chicago and and really work on the leadership issue and, and pushing the mayor to make sure that she uh, institutes some changes there number one and that has to happen I think over the next couple months before we we decide we're going to wait for this Delta Institute report which is going to show us exactly what the CRC and many of our <laughs> friends in the recycling community, already know yeah. about every single aspect of environmental issues related to recycling it's all in front of us we just need to make the change and, and i i'm glad i have colleagues you know like michelle who are uh go-getters on this stuff and and give us space to put it in the public realm Well, i definitely both been, of you for-
0: what was that michelle
1: well, and Scott's been such a leader on this since he's been in City Council, so uh, I'm really, really grateful. I'm really, really grateful for his leadership and general awareness of all of this, and uh, for, for as long as we've been trying to work at it.
0: Yeah. And I have to mention, Scott, uh, you know, I saw your proposal that why don't we pick up yard waste and and don't get me started on that, because that was an issue that I was working. I mean, you and I have talked about yard waste over the years and how the city of Chicago has abdicated its responsibility to do it. It's a state law. There's a mandate. um, And yet the city of Chicago has ignored picking up yard waste. Uh, for yep. now for a bunch of years, it's, it's gone on for some time. I'm surprised. I went online last night to make sure that there were actually numbers on the website for two or three years at the end of the manual administration. There were no numbers. They just stopped. It's like they gave up and said, well, we're not doing a good job, so why let people know what's up there? Well, at least there are numbers yeah. now um so th- i guess that's some kind of progress there's a little bit of transparency but you mentioned both of you mentioned the mayor what could help is if she said something right now i don't ever hear her say anything about recycling uh you know in in the wake of this this might be a good time to just get something going until we have that uh, Delta Institute study next year, start something. I mean, just give us confidence that you, you, you're cognizant of how terrible this is in the city of Chicago. Anyway, all
2: right yeah, I, I agree hey. with you and I, I want to get it done for my kids and future generations, you know I, we can't wait any longer. you know like you guys have been pushing this issue for decades and um, it's, it's enough is enough here in Chicago.
0: And I and, and the advantage I have over uh, the CRC people is that I'm not on their board anymore, so I get to be a loose cannon here and just say whatever I think. Um, and there's there's a real freedom in that, you know? I don't have to suck up to anybody in the city because they don't want me in their meetings anymore anyway. Uh, before we well, go... Well,
2: uh, you guys do teach us a lot. You, I, I do learn a lot from this show and listening in, you know, on, on the weekends... You know, mostly pre-COVID, but um, it's helpful to have these other perspectives, you know, that uh, that we can take into the city council because we don't get that in years past where it was a a cone of silence around not only recycling, but environmental issues in general.
0: Well, speaking of that, before we go, I would be remiss if I didn't mention General Iron, uh, because uh, obviously, Alderman Smith, you know a lot about that operation and from my loose cannon perspective it looks as though the city is throwing the 10th ward under the bus here that this operation is going to go down there there are a lot of people who don't want it to happen regardless of what jobs it might so moving
1: from lincoln park to
0: right to the south side side. southeast side um you've had your own issues with 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 general iron um is there any insight that you can give us into what might happen in the next few months? Is it going to be set up? Is it going to be? Is there any transparency at all, and what's going to happen?
1: Uh, well, I think there's a community meeting on Thursday. Okay. About this. Good. Uh, in the in the tenth ward. Now the irony of General Iron <laughs> is that they're a recycling operation.
0: Yes, I, I... like. <laughs> You get a ding for that one, okay?
1: (laughs) All right. It's a recycling operation. So let's just stop for a minute and realize it's a recycling operation. And they have, uh, here in Lincoln Park, you know, they have been around scrap metal dealers is what they used to call it, but it's steel recycling, Mm -hmm. has been around in our community for well over 100 years. They were here before any of us, we're here. So they're really leaving our area because they've been really just driven out by the change in demographics. Um, they're going to be moving to a facility that is 160 acres on 160 acres of land as opposed to 20. So the emission controls have the ability to be much more successful in an area in which it's surrounded by, hopefully, a forest that the city requires them to plant. I mean, I'm just trying to be data-driven here. Mm
2: -hmm. That is,
1: it is an actual, useful entity. It didn't ever, it has not failed on, even though we're really concerned about particulate matters, it's never violated a PM standard. It violated VOCs, and the federal e- EPA really took them to task for it.
0: And what so, about the what about the fluff that has ended up in well, the neighborhood?
1: Nobody has yet to explain what the fluff does, because if it's on the and I and I don't know. I will admit I don't know, but I'm not breathing it. If it's laying on the, you know, most of the complaints about General Aaron at the outset were about uh, dust on people's, you know, dirt dirt on their windowsills, on their patios, requiring them to be swept. You know, that's not an asthma issue. It's only an asthma issue when you actually can breathe it. So while I, of course, am concerned we live in a city about those things, taking action really required the, the federal EPA or state EPA to find a violation of PM standards, which they never found. And I don't think they were cheating, but the VOC thing, that was a nightmare. That was terrible, and they spent millions of dollars to fix it. But they are moving yes. to a location that is 160 acres in the middle of an old, frankly, Republic Steel site. I've I've seen it. Um, it so it's I is, it is I don't far know if the question
2: point. is to. Yeah, I don't know if the question too is though that uh, this other company that's there is already existing. And it's a merger, so um, it's you're, they're really being sort of sucked into an existing company that's already doing that work. Well, and that's
0: why I ask about transparency. Some people feel that there's a new company like General Iron will disappear. Don't worry, we're getting rid of General Iron, but they still exist in uh, yeah. this other new company. And <laughs> And what if the neighborhood people say, we don't want you here? Do they have any
1: recourse? Uh, that i'm not sure of
2: yeah i think with the merger there's less uh you know the company already i think it's rgb or RBG has a permit an existing permit already and they're under up they're in operation so it's really just saying we're taking over your accounts and your accounts are coming Mm -hmm. down here where we already do the work so there's really no uh additional permitting i think that um but
0: I'll wait for the public. And and, and, and I look at that, and I and I, and then we can wrap up here. I I look at that, and I and I look at uh, also the uh, the the plan to increase the landfill at the mouth of the Calumet River, and it's just insult to injury. It seems to me a lot of folks have yeah. dealt with a lot on the on the southeast side of Chicago, and and you know, and Alderman Smith, I'm not telling you to you know. Not to have your own opinion about this, um, I'm just saying that I hear from those people. I have had them on the show. They're very concerned about this because it just seems like every time there's an industry like that, and recycling industries can be very dirty. There are some very dirty recycling industries. Uh, it ends up in their neighborhood. Um, yeah,
2: Mike, I think I think that's where the new clean air uh, ordinance was targeting. Uh, new companies going in, trucking companies, recycling companies that were getting new permits as opposed to existing ones. Um, And that's the one that the alderman uh, basically shot down about a month ago. So the mayor is definitely going to be coming back with uh, a revised version of that. But that's where we got to target these industries with the Clean Air Act or ordinance.
1: Absolutely.
2: I think there's actually, I,
1: I completely agree with Scott that the extent that people are concerned and we can identify the issues of these industries, there has to be as tough a regulation as you can get because mm-hmm. there's no doubt that General Iron up here were slobs. I, I can't <laughs> describe it either way. And, but let me point out another thing that's really important, which okay. is there are, you know, obviously Chicago used to be one of the, queens of heavy industry in America, mm-hmm. and especially in the steel industry. And the outcome of that has been acres and acres and acres of old industrial sites that, that need to be brought back to life in some way. And one thing that we've been looking at is trying to transform old industrial sites into green space, because we know as a result of Covid, the importance of parks and green space more than ever. And notwithstanding uh, some very good efforts by the city, the truth is, is that we still don't have enough outdoor space to, to help people in times like these. We've learned mm-hmm. that by the closing of the lakefront and how that was such a disaster for so many people. And that why it was closed is because it was so overcrowded. And the lakefront is, you know, falling apart. We have all these horrible issues on the lakefront. So one thing that I'm really supporting, and so is Alderman Watt's back, is converting these sites, as many as possible, over as long a period of time as possible, to usable green space. And ironically, one of the best things that you can do to an old industrial site is to cap it, and turn it into a park
0: yeah and, i understand that uh that's why that
1: is something that we should be doing
0: that's why they're fighting against the cdf uh yes uh, down right. in the 10th ward mm-hmm. and and I wouldn't that been. be wonderful to continue the uh the last four miles as the uh, friends of the parks uh want to uh f- are fighting for at this moment so
1: the CDF is, a, is well, an accident waiting to happen.
0: Yeah, it City. is. I mean, with the lake, you just mentioned yourself, the, the, the shoreline is crumbling. Peggy lives on Lake, very close to Lake Michigan um, and and sees it all the time. Um, and we know the storms. We just had storms last week. Indiana got pounded, mm-hmm. uh, will be pounded again. Um, it's with the sea, less ice, yeah.
1: it gets worse. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: And this is already a very warm start to the season. How much ice will we have? It's hard to say. This, uh, it, it should At this point, I should be saying, stay tuned for meteorologist Rick DeMaio. But, uh, he's... <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> on Sunday, stay tuned for meteorologist. Yeah. I hope uh, we do uh, a program that's... on the CDF because that is terrifying.
0: We have. We've done several programs on the CDF. We had Juanita Irizarry on the show just a few weeks ago. Yes, Peggy?
1: I was going to say for viewers who don't know what the CDF is.
0: It is a uh, confined disposal facility. That's a, a, a nice term for uh, a landfill. Uh, they want to take the landfill that is t- uh, taking the toxic waste out of the Calumet River. It's right at the mouth of the river uh, where it comes in from Lake Michigan. Uh, 95th?
2: Um,
0: I'm not sure exactly like the street. But they want to build it vertically and, and, and add to it rather than return it to the city, which it was supposed to been, which was supposed to have been done in 1994. And that's another thing. There's every time you turn around, there's some history here that makes you scratch your head and and wonder why it it didn't why the people didn't win at that time. That should be a park right now. So, uh Alderman Smith, I agree with you. Cap it. Turn it into a park. Get the Army Corps of Engineers out of there. Figure out some place else to put that that waste. Uh, the cut, dre- cut
1: the runoff that's causing half of the the stuff that's being dredged right. up,
0: and the, and and these are the things we we talk about on this show because I, I feel and and I think Scott, you agree with me that not enough people are talking about these things you know in the, in an age of covid we've all and and the craziness out of washington dc we've been very focused yeah. on that but this stuff is still going on there are just so many issues that we need to address right here in our own backyard so i can't tell you how much i appreciate both of you being on this uh, extra segment uh of the mike novak show with peggy malecki thank you guys so much and thank you for your work and keep fighting Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Oh, yeah. I forgot. almost forgot about that. Happy (laughs) holidays. Happy holidays coming up. You guys have a a wonderful – all right. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. As I said, the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Boy, it was great having uh, the two of them on the show. We uh, are going to be back on Sunday. See, everything went fine for all you people worried about the tech. Uh, <laughs> just as I say that, you know, something's going to blow up, uh, shh, be very, very quiet. Uh, say
2: it too loudly? Um,
0: and, um, so I just want to invite people to be with us on Sunday morning. And, uh, I think this uh, Sunday will, some of the things we'll be talking about is, uh, getting through, uh, COVID, uh, and the holidays. Uh, we hope to be talking about how to feed people, um, how mm-hmm. to keep some restaurants, uh, in business, um, how
1: to give back a little?
0: Yeah, that's kind of where our focus, I think, is going to be. And then on the twentieth, we are reprising. Yep, the annual performance Ooh. of "It's a Wonderful Slice" of its. Do,
1: do I need to start practicing uh, Buffalo Gals?
0: Yes, you do. You you never get it right, but uh, <laughs> just start singing. I keep. Waiting to do Harmony with you, but it doesn't work. (laughs) Uh, We think uh, Ron Cowgill is going to be with us, Rich Cowgill. Ellie Sanchez, our former producer, is going to be. And and Kayla, this is an invitation to you to play a role in It's a Wonderful Slice of It's a Wonderful Life. So I know she's watching and monitoring, and uh, we Mm -hmm. hope she does that. All right. All I got to say is uh, until next time, go green or
1: go home.